welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joined this week by both my co-hosts, Cam and the chairman, Stephen Vincent. And we are here to preview WrestleMania this week. It is WrestleMania weekend. I got a full week of shows. We had Raw on Monday, NXT on Tuesday. Uh, what's Wednesday? I don't know. Something's Wednesday, I think, but I don't know what it is. Um, Thursday and uh, Friday, you got the Hall of Fame and SmackDown. Uh, you've got Stand and Deliver on Saturday. You've got, obviously, WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday. Um, you know, if you're in the L.A. area, you got local indie shows, you know, all of those, all that kind of stuff all over. The thing I miss the most about WrestleMania weekend is just going to, like, a random indie show or two all over the place. Um, so, yeah, a fun week ahead if you're in L.A., a fun week ahead if you're a wrestling fan. There's all different ways you can watch stuff. I know I think Fight TV has some stuff and a couple other smaller things. But we're here to preview WrestleMania and give our thoughts on the card, matches, our hype level for the show. But before we get into WrestleMania, we want to briefly talk about all the stuff going on with the backstage stuff between in AEW between CM Punk and John Moxley and Tony Khan, which basically the story, you know, I'm sure everybody, if you're listening to the show, you saw CM Punk's Instagram posts uh, from, I believe it was late last week. I think it was Thursday or Friday night. Uh, basically talking about, you know, something Dave Meltzer set out on a message board about, you know, not wanting to put over Moxley and then Punk saying Moxley didn't want to put over him and they wanted him to work injured and all, you know, basically people making people turn against CM Punk because I don't know. So yeah, the diehard AEW fans think it pretty much turned against him at this point. And then John Moxley was on his wife, Renee Paquette's uh, podcast today basically talking about how all the drama there is backstage in AEW is the worst drama he's dealt with in his uh, pro pro wrestling career. And just a bad look, I think from, you know, the AEW from an outsider's standpoint, looking at AEW to see all the stuff like that going on there. Uh, so uh, chairman, I'll ask you first, what are your thoughts is reading all this stuff over the last few days? I mean, unfortunately when it comes to Mr. Phil, nothing surprises me because he has a laundry list of people that him and just don't get along. And now you got more stuff coming out. And I, I definitely don't see him coming back to AEW at this point. And honestly, he's definitely not going to end up back in WWE either. I think that dude is miserable. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. And, you know, Moxley, it's like, you know, he said what he had to say about, you know, his side of the matter and defend himself and, I, I read something earlier, you know, commenting on the uh, thing with Renee and then all the stuff that's come out about how he was working without a contract this summer and he could have easily just showed up to SummerSlam with the AEW championship. It's like, oh, shit. Like, they could have had another one of them deals, you know. But Mossy respects the business enough not to do that. But there are people out there that probably would have if enough money would have been, you know, fished their way. But man, it's, it's a tough punk like called Jericho at Stooge or something. Like, I mean, those two have right, ends forever anyway. But yeah, it's just bad. It's messy. You know, we'd say time and time again since Cody left, AEW's just been on a downward spiral. And you know, I'm definitely just gonna agree with it, man. It's it's a, it's a bad place right now. More people want to leave. You get FTR against the Guns in a titles versus career match, career but contract. You know, they leave. So I mean, that just goes to show you with all the dirty saying that, you know, they might go back to WWE. So everyone's unhappy there. Miro and Andrade haven't been seen for months. Like, and then you saw, I saw something about Matt Cardona today. He was like saying how he's thankful he didn't end up with AEW long-term because he would have just been wrestling on dark. So it's just, AEW is not a good place right now. 
I really want somebody to Photoshop John Moxley's head on Lex Luger from the first Nitro and that like really random like interview with the vampire frilly shirt he had on and just put it on like summer the SummerSlam set or the Raw set. I think that would be hilarious. Uh, but uh, Cam, what are your thoughts with everything going on here? I mean, when we, when we look at you know all of the signings over the last few four or five years for AEW, like the the vibe just was never there. And I think you have too many different personalities. Then you have way too many inflated egos walking around. And I mean, that some of that goes towards the, the guys who came from ring of honor or the indie scene that came into AEW. Um, you know, the, the EVP thing, all this stuff. The fact that the mock said that this is the worst drama he's experienced when he was in a locker room with Cena punk. Uh, I mean, I don't know who else is like, bad people to try to work with but just just politicians like punk and cena and big show and roman coming up and brock lesnar and you know he also is the guy that you know ran around with the food stand or whatever when he was gonna face brock lesnar um i don't know it just goes to show you that aw is always not in the best place and it kind of goes with the booking stuff too i mean we can this is a wrestlemania preview show but aw has been okay but i don't know it just there's hasn't been continuity in a long time. And I still think Tony Khan's way above his head and um, the ring of honor preview show, like they've completely not used ring of honor on TV anymore, which I thought, you know, we talked about them using it too much, but you know, they're not really doing that. There's no real hype for their show on Friday, but it is what it is. I mean, CM Punk, I think is just maybe just trying to keep his name relevant. I don't know. He just gets pissed off because he saw something because I mean, let's be honest here. Like none of the three of us aren't getting paid by any brand, like some, some podcast or some wrestling brought uh, journalists that are out there that clearly get paid by one side or the other to report certain kind of news. Um, but let's be honest. They're like, let's, you know, CM Punk. I mean, there's just so much to go into that with all that stuff that that's happened. And yeah, Punk's probably not coming back. Um, I mean, it is what it is. It's just kind of funny to like, see these like grown ass men, like just battle, it out and you know way worse than any WWE thing that we would see um I still don't wouldn't consider like maybe them leaving possibly the door open for a WWE run at some point maybe not this year but you know maybe like as a surprise Royal Rumble entrant next year I mean there's no way that I think Triple H doesn't make that phone call and makes those amends and has him come in at some point for the hall of fame and for some sort of run couple of matches or something I just don't see it not happening like there's countless guys like Warrior, you know, we can go on and on. Eric Bischoff's been back like 20 times. Um, so I, at some point we'll see CM Punk come to the WWE. Should have the have the checks that Triple Eight or Paul Levesque has been sending me getting lost in the mail to California? I swore I've been sending those to you. I'm gonna have to talk to uh, to Paul about that and then get to my U.S. Postal Service. I swear, all three of us we were getting those checks, but uh, I guess not. Don't take that seriously, any any AW fans listening, please. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we are with the uh, with the AEW stuff. You know, we'll see where it leads to. I mean, WWE is pretty much going to dominate this weekend in news, so who knows? Maybe Tony Khan will throw out a 11:45 p.m. Friday night uh, tweet to kind of get things started and talking about them again. But on to WrestleMania uh, this Saturday and Sunday, 13 total matches announced so far. Uh, not really too much confirmed between night one and night two. I mean, it, it seems like we're getting theory. We're definitely getting theory seen as the first match in night one. 
Rollins and Logan Paul is taking place on night one. It's believed Charlotte and Rhea are probably going to take place on night one. Um, obviously, Roman Cody is going to be the main event of night two. I don't think they've really confirmed anything else yet. Um, Wikipedia has got six matches listed for night one, but I'm not sure about that. Uh, but, you know, obviously, WWE's been kind of on a good streak here, uh, riding a little bit of momentum. I'm kind of, this is, I think, the most excited I've been for WrestleMania in quite a long time. Um, you know, the build, for the most part, has been pretty good. The The women's match has kind of been lacking a little bit. But, hell, they even have done a decent job with Brock and Omos, uh, I think, too. So I'm really, really looking forward before we dive into each of these matches individually and give our picks. I think this is the most, like I said, the most I've been looking forward to uh, WrestleMania since, I guess, maybe since I went to 35. Um, if you don't want to count that, I I don't even know. Maybe, I mean, I was kind of excited for uh, 34. I thought the card for 34 wasn't bad. But uh, I'll go over to you, Cam, first year. What's your excitement level for Mania this year? I mean, we do have to admit that, you know, even though last year was a was Vince's say uh, la vie, hopefully, um, as far as booking big shows go, um, WrestleMania last year was pretty good overall. It stretched over two nights. When they first started doing the two night event, I wasn't completely in on it, but then as it as they've done it a few years, I think it is kind of perfect. Like both nights are like two and a half to two hours and forty five minutes, just short of three hours both nights. Works out perfect. Um, the build has been pretty good. I mean, you look at Every match, and I kind of had this question I wanted to pose to you guys before we started doing our predictions. Um, outside of, I mean, there are, the women would say that, that we have a Brock Lesnar match, but it's not a main event. We don't have a Taker match, Taker appearance schedule. Looks like Austin's not going to do anything. We do have a Cena match. So outside of Roman Cody and the Usos versus Sammy and Kevin Owens, what are your guys' opinions are the two quote-unquote marquee matches? Oh, let's see. Okay, so besides... Yeah, like the big four. You know, every year it's like these are the four big matches. Like, what are the other two? I'd say Logan Paul, Seth Rollins would be one of them for sure of all the, you know, cross, you know, entertainment versus wrestler. So that's for me one of them for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that definitely, like you said, it's getting pretty good hype. I mean, honestly, I think you'd almost have to go to the to the sixth woman with Trish Lita and Becky against damage control. I mean, I know damage control has been kind of like a afterthought recently, but like I said, the Charlotte Rhea and the, especially the Bianca Oscar builds have just been not been doing it. And like, I know I think Charlotte being a face doesn't help things either. I mean, hell honestly, even though the match was just made this past week, you could even make an argument that Ray Dominic is, uh, is one of the marquee matches given the heat for that match. So, I think I'm with Chairman. I think Rollins-Paul is definitely one of the other two. But I think even with the Ray Dominic stuff, I think I'll leave him the sixth woman as my fourth one. Yeah, I mean, you can argue for the sixth woman tag. And you can even argue for, you know, um, the triple threat intercontinental match between Guther, Sheamus, and Drew. Just for, like, the work rate because those three are going to put on a banger. I think that that kind of plays into my point there is that you know, then we can mention Cena versus Theory because it is a Cena match. Um, I think this just plays into the fact that Triple H is doing a great job because we just named six matches. Seth Rollins has elevated himself. We just named matches that didn't include Goldberg, didn't include Brock Lesnar, didn't include Randy Orton, didn't include um, whoever else, Undertaker or, or any sort of a variation, no Stone Cold match. So we just named seven matches. You know, I think that just kind of goes to show that Triple H this full year, like you said, Dominic and Rey Mysterio, 
for well over a year they've been building this and i think that this is probably maybe going to be the best wrestlemania since 30 or um 31 was pretty good but 30 or like the late 1718s yeah, I, I could definitely see that playing out, like you said, especially because I think it's going to be a lot concentrated more on the actual wrestling this year rather than the entertainment aspect of it, too, as well. This being the first, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure I'm not going to deny Vince may have a little bit here and there involved, but the first full on like Triple H led WrestleMania. Um, what are your thoughts going into this, Chairman? Yeah, I'm pumped. Like the stories are great. This doesn't feel like something that was just thrown together. You know, it's WrestleMania. Let's just throw these big matches together. I mean, I completely agree with Cam. You know, this is a WrestleMania pretty much reliant on your full-time guys. You know, you're not using a whole bunch of, you know, part-time guys to come back. You know, this is pretty much like your everyday guys for the most part. I mean, you got a few celebrity appearances and a few Hall of Famers, sure, but that's to be expected of a big marquee event. But for the most part, though, you know, we got stories. You know, we've had, like you guys said, Rain Downs been going on for how long? The Sami Zayn stuff's been going on for how many months? Like, these are just long-term stories coming to their end. You know, Cody chasing for the world championship. I mean, we have a main event world championship match that we can't predict the winner. Like, you can go either way. Like, how many times can we say that? Like, I'm more pumped for this uh, WrestleMania probably since 31 because that was on my birthday, you know, back then. And plus, the Seth Rollins money in the bank potential cash, and that did happen. Like, I was just stoked for those things. Plus, the card was pretty good. So, I mean, this has been a WrestleMania I've been waiting for. You know, no more... You know, Thunderdome era, no more Vince crappy booking, no more Goldberg shit. Like this is this is gonna be an awesome event. I am pumped for it. I am ready. Yeah, Goldberg's a free agent now, and Tony Khan said he's keeping an eye on his uh, free agency status. So you never know, you might get you might get Goldberg showing up uh, as the Jewish partner to MJF in, a- in AEW. Who knows? Um, all right, let's get into this card. Uh, like I said, we got 13 matches uh, on the year right now. Chairman leads 13 and five. I'm 12 and six, and Cam is 10 and eight. So that's where we all stand here going to WrestleMania. Uh, let's do the, the showcase matches first. So let's start with the women's uh, WrestleMania showcase fatal four-way tag match. We've got Liv and Raquel against Natalia and Shotzi against Ronda and Shayna Baszler and Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Um, first, I want to say props to Chelsea Green with this uh you know, Karen character she's playing. I think she's pulling it off really well. I saw this segment with her and Sonya uh, this past Monday on Raw, and I got a good laugh out of it. Uh, so kudos for her for pulling this off pretty good. She's always been a good all-around performer. I mean, going back to her TNA days, and she was playing the Crazy Bride. It's just one of those things where she can never stay healthy in WWE, and Triple H, you know, brought her back as another body for the women's division, and she's taken the gimmick and running with it. So good for her. Uh, but I'm pretty sure this match is going to end up being Ronda and Shayna Baszler winning here, especially if the rumors are true about them possibly fighting for the women's tag titles on night two. Uh, so who knows? I'm going to assume this match is probably taking place on night one. But, I mean, it's Ronda, it's Ronda and Shayna. You get Ronda a win at uh, WrestleMania, which I don't think she's had since the uh, since the mixed tag match at 34, though the rest are kind of blanking in my head right now. But I'm going to go ahead and pick Ronda and Shayna to win here. You know, maybe an outside chance at Liv and Raquel, but I'll go ahead and say Ronda and Shayna win because I think they're getting the women's tag titles at some point because I don't expect Lita to be sticking around that much longer after WrestleMania. Uh, who do you got, Cam? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the same way it'll play out. I mean, no offense to anybody else in the match, but I mean, this is kind of where they put Ronda Rousey in the show, and she's going to win because um, it sets up for that. I mean, I think if you want to go her and, and Shayna as, as a tag team, I could buy into that. Shayna's never really been used 
properly since since NXT. So she got called up. Vince booked her like shit. Um, you have the UFC fighter girls or whatever. It's so funny because I was watching WrestleMania 31 and the long ass segment with Triple H and Stephanie, the Authority, and The Rock and Ronda Rousey it was like a fucking thirty minute segment. And it was like young Ronda Rousey, young Shayna Baszler. Uh, besides the point. Um, yeah, they're gonna win, and then I could see them winning the titles. Even you could even do like a a night after WrestleMania moment, if you will, and then you know have Becky go do something else. Lita, you know, goes back to retirement, and um, then you can see what Shayna and and uh, Ronda can do as as champions. All right, who are you going with, Chairman? Yeah, I just want to say Chelsea Green's been killing it since she's returned with this Karen gimmick. It's freaking hilarious. Like, she's been just knocking out of the park. You know, if she can stay healthy, you know, I hope big things come her way. You know, I, I totally, like, looked at the, this match last night when I was watching Raw, and I saw Liv and Raquel kind of put together. I haven't watched SmackDown really a whole lot, but cut bits and pieces. But it's like, huh, she's – Liv Morgan's, like, the up-and-down roller coaster. Like, she has a great performance in the Royal Rumble. She has a great performance at the Elimination Chamber, and then it's like – Oh, WrestleMania, we don't got anything for you, and we're not doing the Women's Battle Royal this year, so uh, if you don't have a marquee match, we're going to throw you in this giant eight-woman tag, and Ronnie and Shayna are hands-on, are probably going to win, and I pretty much agree with Cam, too, that, you know, you're probably going to have some tag, whoever wins this match probably gets a tag championship match tonight for WrestleMania, you know, so it's about to use that Justin, lead is now sticking around, so they're probably dropping the titles, whoever wins this match, it's probably Ronnie and Shayna, whatever. Yeah, lives in a weird spot because like she was teaming up with, if I'm not mistaken, with Tegan Knox for a while before this, and then I was like, oh well, we don't want to do her and Tegan Knox anymore. We got to get Raquel on the Mania card, so they sent her with Raquel. And I think she was teaming up with somebody else before that. So yeah, maybe Aaliyah. Uh, yeah, so she just seems to be like when they don't have her in a singles program, they just throw in a random tag team with another woman. Um, so that leads us to the men's uh, tag team showcase where we got. Braun and Ricochet, the Street Profits, the Viking Raiders, and Alpha Academy, Chad Gable and Otis. I think that's how he says his name now, now that he's being offered a contract by the Maximum Male Miles, which, again, is hilarious. You know, it's a small side thing for them to do. Gives them a little bit more character, uh, you know, to develop on for Otis here. So uh, I think he's been doing pretty well there, too. Uh, who are you going with, Cam? I'll let you start off here. I mean, something tells me I'm gonna. I want to go with Ricochet and Braun Strowman. I also want to go to the Alpha Academy. I mean, I said it last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, that Chad Gable and and o, and Otis uh, deserve um, some sort of recognition. Chairman, you weren't on last week, so uh, I mean, you have to admit that the Otis thing is is completely hilarious. Um, I don't know who wins it. I'm gonna go with Braun Strowman and Ricochet just because they look like they're having fun together as a tag team. All right, what do you think, Chairman? Who are you going with? Yeah, I'll agree. The OTE stuff's actually been pretty good. It kind of gets, you know, some character there. And, you know, Massive Male Models finally gets kind of a prominent, de- decent program, too. You wonder if they're going to get involved in this match or not. But, um, yeah, Braun and Ricochet, it's like there's a makeshift tag team. I don't really don't know if there's any long-term plans there or not. Probably kind of comes down to how the uh, tag team championship match goes, honestly. Um, Three Profits, it's almost like they've run their course. I think we all know Montez Ford is a star he needs to go solo him and angelo Dawkins need to do their breakup angle and then montez can go do his thing i don't know i'm just i mean i could see the alpha academy winning here but i also could just say viking raiders just because they're i don't know i feel like they just get their creepy vignettes and they need a big win here i mean 
this could go either way. <laughs> I don't know. There's four, there's four tag teams. I really don't have much interest in this match. I mean, the tag team division literally is ran by the Usos, and everybody else is just there. So, Viking Raiders, I'm picking you. Right. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's kind of everything's kind of open here. Um, yeah, like the Viking Raiders with you know Sarah Logan as Valhalla. I think that's how you say her name now. Uh, they've been just been eating losses, but they could use the win. You know, Braun and Ricochet have been looking good. I don't think the Street Profits need to win, like you said. I, the Street Profits are a team. Is you know, you always say you want don't break up teams, don't break up teams. But I think at this point, you almost have to break these guys up. There's they've run their course, like you said, Sherman. At this point, where I just don't see what else is there with them. I don't know. Maybe if they do another draft, they get split up. Who knows? Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and give Alpha. I'm gonna pick Alpha Academy. I'll go with them. Maybe Gable and Ot's. You know, get a little bit of a push. Now that if we think that the tag team championships are going to be, you know, on a different team going forward after this, who knows? But I'll just make three different runs and I'll go with Alpha Academy to win this match. All right. Let's now go to uh, let's do Brock versus Omos, uh, which has gotten two, uh, you know, some couple decent segments out of it. Hey, I got to give them credit. They've actually been making Omos look like a threat to Brock Lesnar. So credit to them. You know, there's rumors that Brock Lesnar may be finishing up after WrestleMania with WWE. Who knows? Apparently there was a Raw a couple weeks ago where he was saying goodbyes to people. Who knows what that means? Uh, So maybe it's, you know, you don't see him for a long time after this, which would be sad because I think happy-go-lucky Brock's been pretty great. Uh, But it's you're up first here, Chairman. Who do you got? Bobby Lashley got screwed, man. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. So they literally could have just did Brock versus Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania instead of last month's pay-per-view, and nobody would have cared. It would have been great. I mean, yeah, giant Osmosis Jones, whatever, but Bobby Lashley got screwed. Bray Wyatt went off the rails. I don't know what he's doing or if he's hurt or if he's just done or what. I don't know anymore. They have no creative direction of that guy. But Bobby Lashley's been demoted to the stupid Andre Battle Royal. Like, I really hope they find something for Bobby at Mania. He deserves it. He's had a killer year. But back to the match at hand here. Brock will defeat Giant Omasis in under three minutes. Yeah, yeah, as much as I said they've been doing a decent job making Brock look good and all this, please do not have this match go any further, like you said, than three minutes. I, I don't need to see that. I just need to see a couple F5s. Uh, from Brock. I'm also going to go ahead and pick Brock to win this match. I think even if it's a situation where Brock is finishing up, I don't think this was that big of a plan. If you believe the reports that, you know, Brock was originally offered Bray and Bray, he didn't want to do Bray. So then he goes like, okay, well, how about Omos? And he picked that. I don't think there's necessarily a plan to push Omos any further uh, after this. So that's why I think you can give Brock the win here. And like I said, I thought actually thought like you know the whole weight scale thing last night on Raw was good, and then the one they had a couple weeks ago where Omos cleared Brock out of the ring and Brock kind of backed off a little bit. So you know, decent job, but I don't think there's any long-term plans for Omos after this. So I'm gonna go ahead and pick Brock. Uh, who are you gonna go with, Cam? I mean, I'm not too much in my head about this because I'm like, okay. If they want to do any, I assume Brock's taking a break, even if he's quote unquote done. The done means what? SummerSlam, Survivor Series, something like that. He'll take some time off. Brock, Brock's in great. Brock looks like in better shape now that he has been the last few years. The character has been great. So him coming back as as a uber baby face again to take on pretty much anybody at that point. I mean, other than Roman, obviously they won't. Hopefully, never go back to that. Well, they don't need to ever again. Um, I mean, he could come back and you know wrestle whoever 
Um, but then it's like, okay, well, if what are you doing with Omos? Like he, I mean, I get it. Like he's just that big heel guy that you could put in, but he doesn't do anything. I feel like this is his first actual like program that like has any substance to it. Um, so I'm almost feel inclined for him to win because Brock doesn't give a shit about losing. He can lose, come back in four or five months and still be the same badass Brock Lesnar. But you guys have come kind of convinced me um, that Brock's going to win. Uh, I'm going to go with Brock too. I think this minute, this match is really like six minutes bell to bell, like straight up six minutes. All right, let's go over to the triple threat intercontinental title match with Gunther defending against Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Uh, I think this match is going to be great. I mean, obviously we saw the great, great Gunther uh, Sheamus matches. We've seen Sheamus and Drew have good matches. I mean, I think just think, you know, these three guys together are going to find a way to make this memorable. Uh, Gunther is past 350 days as IC champion, and it just keeps growing and growing. Uh, he's been made to look like a badass in this Triple H regime, so thankful uh, for that. This was kind of a toss-up for me because, you know, there's a, you know, Sheamus has the only title uh, he hasn't won yet is the Intercontinental title, so you can maybe do that right there. Uh, not You can have Sheamus beat Drew without, you know, Gunther taking a pin. Uh, I don't think, I, I definitely don't think Drew is walking out as Intercontinental champion. He's the person that would probably put the lowest odds to win here. Um, and, and, like, I wouldn't take the Intercontinental title off of Gunther just to give it to Sheamus so he can have, like, the, whatever, the triple crown of championships since that's the last one he had. And I think Gunther's just been on so much of a run that I think he retains the title here. I think, you know, towards the end of this year, I think you're looking at him possibly jumping into a main event scene uh, for a championship goes, depending on what happens, you know, just if the titles stay together, they get separated again after Mania, but... I just don't see a reason to take the title off Gunther just so Sheamus can have his uh, triple, you know, fatal forever you want to call it, triple crown of championship. So I'm going to go ahead and say Gunther ends up retaining the Intercontinental title here, which I think, I mean, there's so many good, so much good wrestling as currently. I don't want to say this is probably going to be the match of the weekend from the WWE, but I think it's probably the top in the top three easily. But I'm going to go ahead and pick Gunther here. Uh, who do you got, Cam? I mean, I'm scared because I think Gunther's been having a great run. I think the Triple H understands the whole ideal. It took them, what, well over two years to convince this guy to come stateside. Like, he didn't want to leave um, Switzerland or I'm, – I'm sorry. I can't remember exactly which country he's from. Somewhere uh, I think right it was Austria, right? Austria. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, Austria. Cesaro is the uh, Swiss king. There we go. Um, he didn't want to leave that area, so it took some convincing to get him stateside, you know? So – um, I agree with Chairman. I mean, or with Justin said. I mean, I did originally pick him to win the Rumble before, like they said, "Hey, Cody's coming back to the Rumble," and I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Uh, but he did take second, so I'm, I mean, that's still pretty good. Um, I think Triple H does see something with him. I mean, I think they're going to split the titles, um, despite um, some people might not liking that idea. I think Cody, as an uber babyface, can just be like, you know, I want everyone to have the same shot I had when I was coming up, and whatever you want to say. And they can bring back the fucking King of the Ring and crown a new champion, and it'll be badass. And then you get a whole plethora of, of talent that can now be utilized for world title matches that aren't named Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns for a while, Goldberg, Randy Orton, John Cena. Like, all these guys that can be competing for the world titles will be fresh guys, fresh matchups, guys that we like, that we thought deserve some push. 
and um, Vince never gave it to him, and it'll be badass. And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going. With, I think Gunther's going to retain. I got completely sidetracked. <laughs> I was going to say I was ready to be, be like, okay, who are you picking to win again? But yeah, okay, we got Gunther there. Uh, who are you going with, Chairman? Yeah, you think about it here. We got like three very lengthy uh, title reigns going to WrestleMania. You know, Roman Reigns, the Usos, and Gunther. And it's like, are all three of these championships going to survive WrestleMania when usually WrestleMania has a fairly high percentage of changing the championships? And you could definitely say, you know, like Justin said before, Sheamus, you know, that's the last title he needs to complete, you know, his, you know, gauntlet of championships that he doesn't have. But I don't think you should take the title off Gunther. I think you should let him keep going. I think if I calculated the days right, I think it's you know late August, early September. If Gunther keeps the title, he beats the Honky Tonk Man's record. And right now we're seeing a lot of title reigns records being broken. And we know Gunther had a very long reign as um, NXT UK champion. And I know Triple H is a big advocate of Gunther. So why not just let Gunther beat the Honky Tonk Man's record and just take this Intercontinental Championship all the way through the better part of 2023 and then he breaks the record. And then whoever beats him gets a major freaking rub. Like, Drew and Sheamus, I feel like, are going to screw each other over. And then they might cause a rift between the two of them. And, you know, Sheamus can keep chasing if he wants, you know, Guther or whatever. But I, 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 I'm picking Guther. I want to see him break the Honky Tonk Man's record. All right, man. Now you got to get a Honky Tonk Man come back as a challenger for Gunther at some point when he gets close down the line. Uh, let's go over to let's do the match that has already been announced as being the first match of night one. Uh, Austin Theory defending the U.S. title against uh, John Cena. Uh, Cena was here for all of one week of the build. Uh, Theory cut a empty arena promo last uh, last night on Raw. Um, yeah, I, I said I tweeted it. Uh, I said that Theory I think is getting better. I'm not saying he's great or anything, but I think he's definitely stepping up his game over the last few weeks. Um, I still, you know, it's fine. It's, you know, he's still not anywhere where like where everybody thought Vince was going to be, Vince is going to push him as the next top star. Now, I still think he's a bit away from that, but he's, he's growing on me a little bit. Um, but this is over to you, Cam, first for this one. Who do you got? Yeah. I mean, I've been saying for like about a month now that I think theory has been growing the last couple of months. Um, they just need to drop the A-Town down shit. I think that's just terrible. It's stupid. Um, change your finisher name. Drop that out of your entrance music, and he'll be fine. Um, I mean, he's beating Cena, right? Because Cena's not holding the U.S. title. He's not fucking hanging out on Raw for a, a month or two just to lose it again. I mean, maybe Cena wins it, and Theory demands a rematch the next night. And if you want to do that, you get a Cena popped up in the show. Um, I don't know, because this is the first match of the night, so it does – First match of the first night of WrestleMania, and Theory getting a big win here does a lot for his career. We're talking about Triple H-led booking and all this stuff. Now part-time guys, blah, blah, blah. Um, so this is a chance for Theory to kind of prove it. Um, I mean, I, I'm going Austin Theory because I just don't see Cena like winning the title, keeping it for any period of time, even if it's 24 hours. He's coming in to put over the new John Cena, if you will. Um, but yeah, I think Theory's a couple years away, but you know, he's like the double A prospect that you're like, I could see this, see what people see in him. And he's kind of changed his character a little bit, his act a little bit. I thought the, the empty arena promo was kind of cool. Um, something different, you know, they haven't done something like that in a while. So it was interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm going with Theory here and that kind of sets the precedent for this is a new brand new WWE. All right. Who are you going with chairman? 
A Town Down is hilarious because March 28th is the greatest day in Atlanta sports history because, you know, 328. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. Yeah. So screw A Town, screw Austin Theory. I hate him. John Cena is going to whoop his ass. He buried him with this promo. He's going to destroy him in this match. John Cena is going to bring back the open challenge on Raw and drop the title to a newcomer or a big return. That's my call right now. Yeah, I was just thinking about something like that. Like, it's weird to have it be the first match and then have Theory win. Like, it just be like you would expect a big match, you want a big pop. And that's like that's kind of where I was thinking too. Like, well, if the Cena win, does he come out the next night on Raw and say, "I'm doing an open challenge," and you get somebody from NXT or you got, you know, I mean, you want to throw it out there like a fucking Jay White shows up and beats Cena on his first night there to win the U.S. title. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's possible that you get that. Um, we don't know what Cena is committed to. Like I said, he was only on one episode of Raw. He's doing Mania. You know, if he's not going to be there on Saturdays, he's stick. or if he's doing Saturdays, he's going to be there on Sunday and do something on Mania on Sunday. Maybe he does an open challenge on Sunday at WrestleMania. Who knows? That's always possible. But I don't know. For some reason, I just don't think Cena cares about wrestling. And I think Cena's fine at this stage of his career putting somebody else over so i'm gonna go ahead and pick theory to uh, to win here uh, I, I like i said i really want to talk myself into an open challenge in the jay white debut but uh i don't know i think they're just gonna keep theory at the title on theory and maybe give him a little bit of a longer run too uh with that title i get my call here though matt cardona is the one that comes back okay all right G- and he has a GCW style hardcore battle royal with John or hardcore match with John Cena and every movie executive for the movies movies he's in right now freak the fuck out watching Raw. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing with barbed wire around his neck? Uh, yeah. Um, all right, let's go to let's do Ray versus uh, Dominic. The match that I think, you know, I talked about last week, how do, do they announce that something happened at the Hall of Fame or do they even do it at WrestleMania? I think we kind of agreed that we don't even know if they would do it, but it's like, well, like, you know, it's two nights now they can get away with it. And then Ray finally punches Dominic on SmackDown. Uh, Dominic cuts a pretty good promo on Raw Monday talking about how he wishes Eddie was his real father. Uh, this, I mean, Dominic, God, Dominic is maybe the early runner uh early front runner for most improved of the year i mean at least when it comes to a character he's just been awesome since turning heel i never thought i would say that when he debuted but you know the whole prison thing the stuff with rhea ripley uh it's been great i actually kind of thought they might have held off on this i think i even said last week maybe you do like a mask versus hair match or a hair versus retirement match kind of thing with ray going into the hall of fame on friday night who knows uh, but, you know, this build A-plus for me, I think, you know, especially even though he just announced the match on Friday. Uh, you're up first here, Chairman. Who do you got? Yeah, this match is going to be awesome because, you know, they've built this up for the better part of a year. We speculated how they're going to keep things fresh and interesting. They pulled it off. You know, they move right to SmackDown. They do all these holiday vignettes. You know, Dom is a heel. He said Justin's been fantastic. You know, the, the mullet, you know, the dark clothes, hanging out with, Baylor Priest and Mama, it, it's, it's been fantastic work by all parties. You know, Ray resisting finally until now to slap his son around. He hasn't hit him since, you know, he beat his ass when they played WWE uh, 13, I think it was. But, um, yeah, this is going to be a good match, I think. I will say Dominic is going to win. I think it's just one of those things where he's going to use his lie, cheat, steal technique they learned from his uh, other poppy. And let's ride. Let's go. It's going to be good. 
yeah, I think the heat for this match is going to be really good. Um, just the fact that everybody's, like I said, everybody's going to want to see Ray kick Dominic's ass helps too. Um, so even though, and I'm sure Ray and Dominic have this match planned out in their head. They've probably been working on it for a while right now. So I, I expect it to deliver. Um, I, like I said, I expect the crowd heat to be great. Obviously, everybody probably be behind Ray. Um, I'm, uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with Ray here because I don't think this is the end of this feud. So I'll go opposite of Chairman here. I'm going to go ahead and pick Ray to win this match. I probably expect something to happen at the Hall of Fame this coming uh, Friday as well. So I think that'll add to the story too. But I think there's, like I said, I really do think at some point down the line they're going to try to build to some kind of mask versus hair or, like I said, retirement versus hair match. Who the hell knows? But I'll go ahead and pick Ray here to win this one because I think Dominic will want to beat him or wants to actually beat him. So I'll go Ray here. Who are you going with, Cam? Yeah, I agree. I think this is like a three-match trilogy. I don't think this is a one-and-done. I don't think Ray wrestles his son once and then, you know, rides off into the sunset. I think there there's some life in this, and, you know, the feud has been going on for a while, but they haven't actually been physical, you know, so they could easily stretch this out. You know, Dom's the heel. Hopefully he can continue a good promo run. He can come out on Raw the next night and, you know, whatever wants another match and i think they can even do two gimmick matches you could do like the second one you could do like no holds barred or whatever and then the third one you could do like mass versus vast versus hair or retirement you know loser leaves town type of thing blah 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 and then put dominic over in the end but i think yeah ray gets his wrestlemania moment and comes back after you know getting beat up probably at the hall of fame which will be the well, I'm sure it's has it happened before where like the uh, inductee gets taken out during his uh, induction speech. Uh, only if you count that crazy fan that went after Bret Hart and Natalia when they were inducting the Hart Foundation. Was that uh, that was with the one the weekend I was there? WrestleMania 35 wasn't at the Hall of Fame. That's the only time I can think of. And then they I mean, carried him off, and I think it was Dash, or I think it was Dash, like beat the shit out of the guy. I mean. Bret Hart kind of deserved it. So. <laughs> Either way. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Ray wins at Mania, and they continue the feud for a couple of pay-per-views. I'm surprised Bret didn't accuse Goldberg of hiring the guy to take him out. Uh, let's go over to um, – let's do Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul here. Uh, you know, promo build up back and forth between them. Logan Paul's been getting the better of Seth Rollins in their uh, interactions they had uh, Seth Rollins beat Mustafa Ali and whatever kind of new gimmick he's doing nowadays. I don't remember ever seeing that until last night. Uh, but I expect this match, you know, I expect Logan Paul to bring it. He's brought it in all of his other matches so far. So there's no reason not to think that, you know, him and Seth probably won't have, you know, won't have a good match. I mean, out of all the matches Logan Paul has had, it's probably the best one. And all other Logan Paul ones have been surprisingly good. So I think this is going to be good. I think, you know, seeing the crowd do Seth Rollins entrance with them is going to be cool. Uh, so I think it's just going to be a good, I think it'll be a good match. You know, Logan Paul has been a big asset. I shouldn't say big asset, but he's brought more to the table than I thought he was going to bring when they WWE first brought him in. And I'm glad they decided to keep him as a heel and not try to turn him face like they did um, a couple of years or last year or two years ago, who knows at this point. But I think Seth needs this win. Yeah, you could say Logan Paul needs a win if they want to keep him around too. But, I mean, Seth is a guy that should be challenging for the world title or whatever title ends up happening if they split the titles afterwards. And I don't think Logan Paul will be around after Mania. So, 
I'm going to go ahead and say Seth Rollins ends up winning this one here. Uh, who do you got, Cam? Yeah, I mean, this one's kind of tough for me, and only because I don't want Seth to lose. I mean, Logan Paul came in. He won his first two. He obviously lost to Roman when he wrestled him in Saudi. Um, God, I just he's been getting – Seth's been taking the beatings and kind of been the punchline and everything like that. So, I mean, old-school wrestling logic indicates that the babyface gets his revenge at the pay-per-view. Um, I'm just kind of – and if Vince was booking, I'd be completely scared shitless for Seth Rollins. But since Triple H is in there – and since I said earlier that I think that they're going to split the titles up once Cody uh, dethrones Roman, um, that that automatically elevates Seth into a world title picture or a world title reign at some point in 2023. Um, so I'm going to go with Seth Rollins here, and Logan Paul can come back for whatever, Money in the Bank or whatever, a couple months from now. All right, who are you going with, Chairman? Are you picking your boy Seth to win here? Oh, of course. And if it wasn't a doubt, Logan Paul's garbage. Plus, Seth Rollins hasn't won a WrestleMania match since 35. You know, he took L's to Kevin Owens, Cesaro, and, of course, the infamous last year where he couldn't get a wrestling match for life at WrestleMania for some reason, dancing on the old Vince desk. But then he got Cody Rhodes and got swept in that, you know, series of three. But, yeah, I think Seth needs this win. You know, he needs to get another WrestleMania win and get himself back in the world title picture some way, somehow. Like, the dude hasn't had a world championship since, I think, 2019 when he lost it to the Fiend in the red light of hell in the cell of hell match. That was god-awful. And, yeah, so basically, uh, it's been a few years since Seth's touched the world title, and I think, you know, the work he's put in, he deserves another run at the top. So knocking off Logan Paul at Minia will definitely help. All right, uh, speaking of Hell in the Cell, let's go to that one right now where we've got Edge taking on Demon Finn Balor. It's confirmed last night on Raw that he's bringing the Demon character back for this match. Uh, you know, there's been rumors I saw that Gangrel is supposed to be coming back for Edge's entrance, so maybe it'll be his second to Damian Priest. Um, this definitely, I mean, like you said, this is a feud that's been going on now for, man, like almost a year at this point. So this is definitely a point where, hey, Hell in a Cell makes sense. It's a feud that's been going on for a year. Edge can't get, uh, you know, Judgment Day out of his, or they, Judgment Day keeps beating down Edge. Edge wants to be done with them. Um, who knows what Edge's future holds after this? I mean, I don't know how many more matches he has left on his contract, but like you said, we're making a point here of not using too many part-timers in this mania. Uh, you know, I just got to be considered a part-timer, so who knows what happens there. So, uh, Cam, you're up first from this one. Who do you got? I mean, this is tough for me. Yeah, I mean, this this feud has been going on for a, quite a long time. Um, does Edge take some time off after this? Um, I mean, I think Rhea's beating Charlotte, so they're going to get their win there. We just talked about I think Rhea's going to beat Dom. Uh, I mean, Finn Balor kind of needs a dub, uh, needs a win here. Um I mean, but then I can easily see them somehow. I'm just laughing at the fact that, like, old-ass Gangrel is going to come out with his fangs and and beat up Damian Priest, and Priest is going to sell for 54-year-old Gangrel, who, like, hasn't been relevant in wrestling since 1999. Um, I mean, this this one's actually tough because of our standings and actually trying to pick winners here. Um, I mean, I'm going to go with Edge here just because I think, like, he's been kind of getting the shit end of the stick, if you will. And maybe he takes some time off and comes back for a, for a fresh feud and wrestles somebody else besides someone in Judgment Day for the last, you know, two months or six months. Okay, you said, I'm sorry, you said Edge, right? 
Yeah, I'm taking Edge to yeah. win the match. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, Chairman, over to you. Who do you got? Yeah, this is tough. Like, I can definitely see this going either way, which is good because it's nice to have to really decide who a winner of a match is going to be. And maybe this is kind of WWE's way of thinking going forward since there's rumors of, you know, prop betting going on. So, of course, they want to make things less predictable, maybe. But, um, yeah, I mean, Edge obviously deserves to win, but so does Finn Balor. And Hell in a Cell, like you said before, Justin, and like we've said forever, like, this is when you bring Hell in a Cell for a big blood feud that's been going on for a year, not some gimmicky pay-per-view that we're just going to have Hell in a Cell just, be, just to have it. No, you have it for moments like this. We're bringing the Demon back. Demon Finn Balor is one of a kind. It's fun to see. The entrance is awesome. And, of course, Edge will probably have a badass brood entrance. Gangrel's back. Maybe uh, someone would call a favor in and they could rent uh, Christian Cage for the night, you know, and they could have the whole brood package back. But, um... I think the demon's going to win. You bring the demon back, he's going to win. And Damian Priest, I don't even think has a match unless he's in that stupid Andre battle royal. But, like, you figure he's going to probably get involved some way, somehow in this match. Because he's obviously, you know, was a disciple for Edge before Finn kind of took over Judgment Day from him. So this is probably where he's going to get involved. So I'm going to say Demon Finn Balor wins. Yeah, I'm going to go with Finn Balor here uh, as well. Like you said, I think Judgment Day needs uh, a win. Or, you know, Finn Balor definitely himself at least needs a win uh, going forward. If you know want to push him as a big-time threat, which I think they want to push him as a top guy. Again, somebody, like you said, with a win could easily jump in if they have a new title challenge for uh, the title going forward on this new, uh, new belt if they end up doing it. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Finn to win here. Um, like I said, depending on what happens with Edge, who knows? But I could definitely see him taking some time off, and maybe you know he's always said he's wanted to retire in Canada. I don't know if they have any big Toronto shows coming up, but we'll see what happens with Edge. All right, so now we have three straight women's matches to get to. Let's start with the six woman tag, uh, which damage control against Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, and Lita, which is kind of getting more attention than any of the women's title matches. Which I guess you know, given the legends involved. I can maybe see it, um, but you are up first here, Chairman. Who are you going with in this one? <sighs> this is a tough one here. I mean, I keep seeing these rumors going around about Trish Stratus turning heel and wanting to work a program with Becky at SummerSlam. So maybe there's some miscommunication in this match here. Like, I really wish they would have did what I shouted out a couple of weeks ago, how they should have did Bailey versus Trish one-on-one, and then Lita and Becky could have fought uh, – EO and Dakota for the tag titles, but you knew they were going to do the big six women tag. That's just how it goes. Uh, but uh, I, I think I think the team of uh, the Legends and Becky are going to win, and maybe Damage Control breaks up. I mean, Becky just absolutely buried them all last night of their promo and basically just called EO and Dakota lackeys, you know, for the better part. Like, you know, she talked about all their accomplishments in NXT. And yes, EO and Dakota were phenomenal in NXT, but you know, ever since they kind of came along with, you know, Bailey, yeah, they're fine, but they're just role players. You know, they're not in the spotlight. And Bailey surprisingly never was able to vanquish Bianca, you know, or win a singles championship for herself. So, you know, Davis Control has kind of failed, I think, and it's time to end it. So, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Bailey turns face and Dakota and EO just turn on her after they lose. I mean, there's a lot of what ifs you can go with here. But I'm going to take the faces to win. 
Yeah, Becky's promo was really good last night on Raw, um, and Becky ended up beating Io in a singles match they had. So, of course, by logic, that means the heels should win. Uh, I like your points about breaking up, you know, the possibility of breaking up damage control at this point. They haven't been able to win. You know, obviously, Io and Dakota have been tag champs, but Bailey hasn't been able to do much with it as far as, like you said, winning the title. And Bianca kind of single-handedly took them out at their one pay-per-view match they were on. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the logic says the heels should win at the show. I'm going to say damage control wins this one. I don't think they break up anytime soon, though. I think those are good points about why they should. But I'm going to go ahead and say damage control wins. Maybe they get uh, built back up a little bit uh, as far as the threat goes. Maybe they add a new member from... NXT on a call up afterwards, but I got a feeling we might see damage control get um, get a new spark of life after WrestleMania uh, when it comes to, you know, they need strong heels, obviously, on that side. So on the women's side. So I'm going to go ahead and say damage control wins. Uh, who are you going with, Cam? I mean, I think the baby faces are winning for sure, too. Um, I think damage control should probably break up. It's been six, seven months now. Not much has really happened. I think that. Io kind of deserves a singles run. I think her match with Becky last night was really, really good match. Um, they need to break up. Just, just freshen things up. I mean, you don't need Io and, and Dakota going after Ronda and, and Shayna, assuming they win the titles or anything like that down the line. You could just throw in other tag teams in there. It's not a big deal. Um, let them all kind of spread their wings and see what they can do because, you know, assuming Rhea's the champion, Rhea's going to need some competitors, you know, Bianca, I don't know. I think Bianca's going to win that match. We'll talk about that in a minute. These women are going to need competitors, so if you break up damage control and actually give EO some sort of push, I think it would be a good thing for everyone. Yeah, that's actually the match we were going to do next here, the Raw Women's title match, Bianca Belair defending against Asuka, which I said the build to this match has just been not, you know, non-existent and you know they each had they had a video promo last night for the match but man this has just been kind of a letdown which you know it seems to be a lot of people are talking about that i think charlotte and Rhea actually has at least a little bit of build they've had some interaction some physical interaction yeah charlotte cuts the same promo every single week but that's that's the next match to talk about but I don't know where you are. Like you said, Bianca's kind of gone through everybody almost on the raw side of things. I, you know, I feel like bringing Asuka back like they did as like her, you know, kind of gimmick from uh, killer kind of gimmick from Japan. <sighs> Bianca's won the last two WrestleManias, her title matches. You know, does she go three for three? Um, who knows? I don't think so. I'm going to go ahead and say Asuka, I think actually ends up winning this match, you know, to freshen up the, the raw side of things on the women's division. I mean, I don't know, maybe there's some kind of draft coming up afterwards where they get new opponents, who knows, but I think an Oscar win at least freshens things up and, you know, maybe you can get Bianca Belair as a heel at some point, you know, change that around a little bit, who knows, but I think Asuka needs a win here. She doesn't need another WrestleMania 34 situation where she gets built up and then loses to Charlotte. So I'm going to go ahead and say Asuka actually ends up winning the Raw Women's title here. And it seems like you can have a different idea than me. Well, now you've kind of convinced me <laughs> to go with Asuka. I mean, I just in the habit of when when she gets built up or certain superstars get built up, they're not going to win the big payoff match. Um, I mean, Triple H obviously likes her. I mean, I agree, but I think I'm going to stay with Bianca just because I think that she's kind of just like 
it right now if you want to say that she's the it person and as much as i like the new awesome character maybe she can go after Rhea. they could do that whole like dark versus dark thing that would be pretty interesting um but i'm just gonna stay with bianca i think that she keeps the title all right who are you going with chairman you know oscar's return was badass you know she has this new face paint new theme new demeanor but this build has not been very good and Asuka obviously isn't exactly the most entertaining when it comes to promos. This is where Bianca dominates. And I think, you know, Bianca is closing in on the longest Raw Women's Champion because I think Becky Lynch has the record now. And I think Bianca, you know, she won the title last year at WrestleMania, so she might be one of those champions that passes through another WrestleMania still champion. And, you know, that's another thing with Triple H. You know, he has a lot of long title reigns, and I'm all for this. I just don't see really anyone on Bianca's level right now. Like other than, you know, obviously like Rio, the match that we all wanted, but we aren't, we're not getting. And, you know, maybe you can run back with Becky Lynch, but I don't know if, or Bailey, but yeah, she's kind of run out of opponents too. I almost feel like they need to do another draft and kind of shake some things up in the rosters. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, you definitely make an argument for Oscar to win for sure. But my, my, my money's on Bianca Belair. I, I'm going to pick her. And I just, I guess the big question is who the next challenger is. I think money in the bank down the road here might be, you know, someone with a briefcase and cashes in, show off the four-hour women's record. But then again, could be wrong, but I'm sticking with Bianca, I think. Okay, so I'm alone in these last few matches. I'm fine with that. Uh, and let's go over to the SmackDown women's title match with Charlotte Flair defending against Rhea Ripley. I put a poll out on our Twitter page, the hot underscore tag, uh, last night during Raw. I said, is Charlotte currently the most overrated women's wrestler? I, I spent that as in wrestling, not just WWE, but uh, the answer, yes, ended up winning 52 to 48%. So it was close, but, I mean, I'm just not, I'm just sick of these, like, it's the same, she comes out to the ring every week, does like a, the same kind of version of the same promo. She got annoyed last week because the fans were wanting her. Um, you can tell she got flustered by it. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I think the outcome of this match should be obvious, but I'm nervous about it at the same time. But uh, you're up first here, Cam. Who do you got? I mean, I would almost go on a limb since I'm a gambling man and call this my lock. I mean, I think it's just Rhea's time. It's been Rhea's time. Um, we keep saying it over and over again, this is a Triple H-led WWE now. Um, Charlotte has been boring since her return. She hasn't really done anything. We talked about that a couple weeks ago where she hasn't really done anything character-wise in like 10 years. Um, I was watching the little um, vignette thing they had last night for her 14 title reign. I'm like, 14 times? That means like, that's insane. Um, she'll at some point probably get 15. But I think it's just Rhea's time. And like I said, her leading Judgment Day as the champion. She's already the leader, so she has a belt. It makes it look cool um, aesthetically and just, like, overall presentation. So I think this is – I mean, I would – if we could at some point legally bet on pro wrestling, I would put money on Rhea Ripley winning the match. Yeah, I laugh at the fact that when they're doing their promos for their shows on A&E that she's already got a Legends biography for them. Like, what the fuck? She's been around – She's not been around long enough that she should be getting a Legends biography for her on A&E already. No offense to, to Charlotte, but I mean, come on, really? Um, who are you going with, Chairman? Dude, if Rhea loses, I'm going to be pissed. Like, I'm on that bandwagon for how long now? And, you know, she wins the Rumble. She's been fantastic with Judgment Day. You know, she's been fantastic before Judgment Day. But, I mean, she's really gotten her character down. You know, she's badass in the ring. You know, she's intimidating as hell. She beats up men. I mean, she's a complete package. Like, if they do not put the title on her, it's a big miss. 
like, you know, it's just, you know, I don't even know who would beat Rhea Ripley if she won the title right right now. That's how dominant she's been. And Charlotte's just like, whatever, you know, go tie your dad's record. I mean, she turns 37 here in a couple weeks. Like, she's probably going to go start a family of Andrade maybe. Or, you know, women's wrestlers, you know, typically retire kind of early. I mean, Trish and Lita, you know, they retire fairly early, you know. I mean, how many more years does Charlotte Flair have left? You know, I think she's also been kind of not around as much as she usually has been either. I mean, she took off, you know, a better part of last year just for the hell of it, get married, whatever. But, you know, it comes a point where, like, I think she's going to tie daddy's record and her title reigns have been complete dog shit. I mean, they're all really short for the most part Whereas her dad, you know, it took him like three decades to get to freaking his level of, you know, world championships. So, but you know, Rhea's, you know, the face now of WWE, my book for women's wrestling, she's the standard bear, you know, her and Bianca Belair are kind of like the two after the four horsemen were dominant for their period of time. So, and I would love to see a Bianca Rhea clash at some point. I don't know how long, long we gotta wait till we get there, but someday I want to see it. Yeah, I'm picking Rhea too. Like I said, it's just the the Charlotte factor always makes me nervous when it comes to this stuff. You know, it had, we've seen it from WrestleMania 34 when Charlotte beat Asuka. I mean, I was nervous that you know going into the match at WrestleMania 35 that there was gonna be like Vince gonna be like, ah, oh, I gotta put it on Charlotte, gotta have her be the be the double champion, pal. Uh, you know, there was WrestleMania 36 when she won the NXT title. Um, so, you know, it's just, you know, I guess it's this past history that makes me, uh, feel like something like that could still end up happening, but I hopefully have faith in Triple H that he as well ends up, um, putting the title on Rhea. It's a smart thing to do. She's over. I don't think anybody in the crowd wants to see really, I mean, I'm sure there are people that want to see Charlotte win, but I think the majority of your crowd is going to be cheering for Rhea, even though she's supposed to be the heel in this program, but it's like, it's tough for anybody to care about Charlotte as the face, given that she's been pushed as like, you know, the genetically superior woman in the division forever now. Um, and it's the same promo, no matter if she's a face or a heel, it's just so, so bland that, you know, you almost say that if she left, you know, tomorrow, I don't know how much they would miss her in the WWE, to be honest. All right. So that leads us to our two big matches with the, First being uh, the tag title match, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Usos. We've seen the unity now between KO and Sami Zayn. You know, there's still obviously there's starting to show more cracks in the bloodline with Roman getting mad at Solo Sequoia. Jay's still kind of being, you know, shady about Roman. I yeah, still think there's, there's uh, big money in a Roman Jay match somewhere down the line too, but... This tag title match is up first. I'm assuming it's going to take place on night one. You're going to have the bloodline on two different uh, nights, but I think the tag title match takes place on night one. It should be the main event, though. Apparently, it's that's probably going to be Charlotte Rhea. Uh, Chairman, who do you got in this one? I think the best spot for this match would be opening of night two, just to kind of set up all the bloodline stuff. Because if they lose right off the bat on night two, that's going to like set the precedent for the whole night for those guys. I mean, obviously, Sami Zayn's been fantastic, and we had to cross some hurdles, and Cody Rhodes, you know, probably had something to do with it, of getting uh, Sami and KO back together again, and the place is going to lose their shit when uh, Sami and KO win. That's what I'm picking to win. It was supposed to be dominant for how long? It's time to freshen things up. It's time to expose the uh, armor of the, you know, Usos and knock them down a peg or seven. It's like, it's just time. And, you know, people are just going to love Sami and KO as champions. I just really hope they don't do something stupid or KO turns on Sammy and then we go down that road again. Let's not go down that road for once. Like let's uh, embrace a, some major changes in the tag team division. 
And then, like you said, Justin, you know, we could run back uh, Jay and Roman again if we want to, or, you know, Solo and Roman. There's lots of uh, potential things. So let's 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 go with uh, the baby face of Sammy and KO. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sammy and KO, too. Like you said, uh, I think this I think WrestleMania, this WrestleMania is going to be remembered as like the fall of the bloodline. Um, you know, Sammy deserves his title win after all the work he's been putting in uh, over the last year and the whole bloodline storyline. And despite what people thought would happen and Sammy, everybody's going to turn on Cody during this whole thing and cheer for him instead of Sammy and KO that didn't end up happening. Cheering for Sammy and KO, excuse me, instead of Cody that didn't end up happening. So I think, you know, I think raw is the start of a new era at the top of the women, the men's division. So, and I guess by my picks, the women's division too. So I'm going to go with Sammy and KO here too. Uh, who do you got cam? I mean, yeah, it's, it's just the culmination of a, of a, year-long feud and I don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be glorious I mean I kind of want them to headline night one but I can see them opening night two and the whole thing whatever um Sammy and KO are gonna win hopefully it's a lengthy title reign and we get some fresh brand new matchups um interesting point though is last night when I was watching Raw they did the the Goodfellas remake thing with the bloodline at the very end Solo Sokoa like kind of confronts Roman Reigns in the little vignette and i was like are they planting the seed that at some point we're going to get solo and roman i could definitely see that happening roman can take some time off come back and solo can say you know i'm i'm the big dog now you've been gone for months um nonetheless it's going to be a great tag team match probably the match of the weekend in my opinion um and i'm really looking forward to it yeah, and that leads us into our WrestleMania main event. Uh, you've got Roman Reigns defending the undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Cody Rhodes. Uh, great build. Um, you know, Cody and Roman have both had their time on the mic. You can start seeing a little bit of Roman being unhinged and being nervous that he might finally have a threat to lose his championship to. As I said earlier, with the stuff going on with Solo, with the stuff going on with still Jay and Jimmy too. Um, you know, it, it's been a good. They, I think they posted the story. They posted a video on WWE's YouTube page of the, like the beginning of the Bloodline storyline. It was over two hours long and had everything involved in it. Um, but you know, as great as the story's been, you know, it's one of those things where at some point you got to start coming to an end. I don't think this is the end of the Bloodline at all. But if Roman's taking some time off after WrestleMania, uh. You know, you got to start showing some cracks and maybe you get to a point where you have the rest of the bloodline turn on Roman and Roman, you know, gets written out of the story. Uh, you could do it that way. But I just look at this and I go, you know, you talked about how despite it seeming kind of obvious that Cody should win, you still don't know just because Roman is so close to 1000 days. But, you know, Cody's over as a star. They're doing more business with Cody on the road. You know, there was a report that Cody's merchandise sales are basically like almost like superstar status now, obviously not like a rock or an Austin or a Hogan, but you know, they're pretty high up there. And I just think if you don't have Cody win the title here, you're pretty much putting him in the, you know, SummerSlam 93 Lex Luger spot where they built up Lex Luger. They built up Lex Luger. They did the body slam of Yokozuna on the intrepid. And then he wins by count out at SummerSlam doesn't win the title, but celebrates like he did. And then nobody cared for Lex Luger after that. And I kind of feel like that's almost where you are here with Cody right now. So I think they have to avoid that. And I think you end up seeing Cody end up winning 
the championship from Roman Reigns because at this point, there's pretty much nobody else left afterward if it doesn't end up being him. I mean, maybe you, you can hold it off for all the way to Jay, but I don't know if you do that. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Cody winning here. Uh, who do you got, Cam? I mean, Cody's going to win. I mean, there's sometimes in wrestling, if it's obvious, we don't like it. But when it's obvious good, this is, it's the time. You know, we can go into a whole two-hour spiel. You're the most above mine about how it's been great and how it's time. Um, I mean, I think Cody wins. Roman gets time off. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing who Cody's first opponent is. If they actually do go with that idea that I said about Cody wanting to split the titles, give other guys some chances. Um it's just going to be a beautiful thing. And then I think at some point we'll probably see over the next month or so while Roman has time off that we'll get solo, solo in, in the Usos versus um, Cody, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for a little while and do that thing. And then you can kind of officially break up the bloodline at some point with solo going his own way or maybe Jay going his own way. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a great ride. Roman deserves all the credit in the world for turning his career around. And let's see what Cody can do as the main guy. All right, who are you going with, Chairman? It's going to be a 10-second draw. They're both going to be knocked out, and then they're just going to call it a draw, and everyone's going to be home best now. Um, toughest match of the day by far. I mean, I wish the stuff about Roman taking a break never leaked out. That's why I hate these dirt sheet writers. It really pisses me off. Because, like, I was dead set this could have gone either way because Roman Reigns is closing on a 1,000 days. And that was, like, Cody's story. So it's like, okay. But now you start hearing, oh, Roman's going to take a break. So it's like, well, is he going to Brock Lesnar us and just go off the grid for a few months and hold the title hostage? Or is Cody going to actually just front him? Or are we going to do some Paul Heyman shady shit the night after WrestleMania where he comes out and says the Royal Rumble winner technically should only be able to win one championship and not two. And then that's how you split the titles, which I don't think we should do that either. But, you know, there's always some loopholes with Paul Heyman, so you never know. But uh, Cody should win. That would be the right decision. Send the fans home happy put some new life in the product and you know Cody's story will be phenomenal the promo will be you know all eyes will be on that you know the following raw you know who will be the first challenger because if Roman goes off he's gonna be gone and then you know maybe they'll call Umaga's kid to join the bloodline at some point because apparently he's training now you know, or maybe Solo says screw you Roman and takes over I mean there's so many what ifs could happen here at the bloodline I don't think they're going away anytime soon there'll be a redemption story for them too but uh I, I think Cody winning would definitely be the right call. All right. Any uh, any other final predictions as far as the whole Mania show itself? Any people showing up? Any surprises? Anything with the Raw after Mania? I think LA Knight's going to get some kind of uh, big thing, interaction, whether it be with Stone Cold or maybe like The Rock comes out. Uh, by the way, Chairman, we did declare this last week that this is now an L.A. Knight podcast. We are all aboard on him. Um, but I think L.A. Knight is somebody that will get something at WrestleMania. Um, as far as debuts afterwards, I mean, I've seen talk about Braun Breaker showing up. You know, Jay White's name has been kind of silent over the last few weeks. Uh, I don't know if that's by design or not, but he's apparently still a free agent. He can go sign wherever. Uh, I got a feeling that Triple H might want to do a big debut after Mania because we haven't really had that in a while. So I'll go ahead and, and I'm going to make the prediction that says Jay White ends up showing up on Raw on Monday. Uh, I originally thought it might have been to see Finn Balor, lo- uh, Finn Balor lose him to go over the Judgment Day. Um, I like Chairman's theory about possibly doing a United States Open Challenge. 
but he's going with Zack Ryder. Uh, but I think Jay White's going to show up in some shape or form. I don't think he's going to be Cody's first challenger, but I think he's going to make some kind of uh, big impact. And like I said, I believe LA Knight also is going to get some kind of good shine at Mania. Uh, what do you think, Chairman? Um, other than the old uh, Matt Cardona U.S. champion challenge, long shot you know, win there. He's going to give up the indie God and whatnot. But uh, I think the Miz being the host, he's going to probably get involved in that Logan Paul Seth Rollins match. He also might just say, I'm going to book myself in a match, and then maybe we'll get Bobby Lashley come out and squash the shit out of him because Bobby Lashley getting left off Mania is a tragedy. So they might sneak that on, I think. I mean, I think a lot of the big surprises will be the Raw after and maybe the SmackDown after, but that's kind of where I'm leaning. How about you, Cam? You got anything you want to throw out there? Um, I think Ron Simmons hits Otis with a damn because if he's doing like some male modeling stuff before, the, <laughs> um, I think that'll happen. Um, I think JY does come hopefully this Monday. Um, I mean, I could see Matt Cardona coming back. I mean, he's been talking more about the WWE. He did his little thing today about which I mean, glad he never signed with AEW full time. I could see him coming back. He's worked the Indies for long enough. Triple H can find a spot for him somewhere. He can come kind of dominate NXT. And I do think Braun Breaker is going to debut on Raw or SmackDown. Maybe Raw to confront Bobby Lashley, and that's Bobby Lashley's we're sorry, Bray Wyatt's a fucking weirdo. Um, couldn't get his shit together for WrestleMania. Um, you get Braun, Braun Breaker's first big uh, debut, because I think that Carmelo Hayes is going to beat him in NXT. Let's so stand and deliver. Um, if Matt Cardona shows up on Raw after being announced for my local Indian May, that guy that was mad the last time he didn't show up is going to be super pissed because he probably already bought a ticket uh, for my indie show in May, thinking Matt Cardona would be there. Um, hey, that would be my—I'm sorry, yeah, sorry, Chairman. That'd be my one hesitation about him not being the guy is that he was already announced for my local indie in May. But of course, that doesn't mean squat, and he could still show up anyway. Uh, but yeah, that is our show for this week. Obviously, we hope you all enjoy WrestleMania weekend. A lot of wrestling to take in. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, Mania follow-up, the Raw after follow-up, and anything else that happens in the world of pro wrestling. So for my co-host Cam and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, I'm Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you guys then.